What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Unstable Duo Podcast. I am Forrest, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin. How are you doing, Justin? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, man. I ain't too damn much. <laughs> Wanted think, to sleep too damn much. I think we all How did. was yours? Uh, good, good. It was just a quiet, quiet day. Me and uh, the lady, just their own little thing this year. Uh, welcome to everybody listening or joining us live. Nice to see y'all. Um, all right, so I went to this uh, fem- feminism picnic the other day. It, it was fun, <laughs> except nobody made sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you brought a knife and some, <laughs> some meat. <laughs> and they didn't stab you? <laughs> all right, so this week, this week we're talking about uh feminism where 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 are you at uh justin's topic so why don't you give us a rundown of what today is going to be about uh today is going to be the best yet it's going to be a couple of dudes talking about the ladies middle-aged white people trashing women nonetheless exactly we uh put on our tinfoil hats a few weeks ago now we're gonna burn our bras. Um. <laughs> uh, just, just so it's not a bunch of middle-aged white men trashing feminists. I am gonna play the devil's advocate. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the stance I take, but I didn't want it to be a full hour of just us going bad. So I did research a little bit of pro-feminism uh, information and stuff to kind of share. <laughs> We've got a whole pod of women watching. Unfortunately, the women that watch us will probably agree with a lot of the things that will be said. Oh, I like these ladies then. They're not the bra-burning, pink pussy hat wearing, (laughs) marching down the street kind (laughs) of. All right, so for, I guess, where do you want to start? For anybody that is completely clueless, what is feminism? Feminism started out as essentially equal rights for women. Years ago, many, many years ago, um, uh, we'll say the early 20th century and before, women were property. Women couldn't work. They couldn't hold positions of power. They couldn't own property. Um, They had to do and say what their husbands told them to do. During that period of time, there are little movements and revolts where women try to stand up and get these positions of power, try to get property, try to get a say um, to no avail. Mm -hmm. Um, Until, we'll say, mid-1800s, things started to change, and then into the 1900s. And to be fair, women didn't really have... I think it was the early 1900s when they were finally, what, like 1930s or even later when they were finally able to vote. And like you said, they, men were allowed to beat them. They, they were treated as property. It, things were pretty right. pretty messed up. Yeah, I think uh, the um, 1920 is when women's suffrage passed. Okay. So that was close. Um, that that was would close. be the 19th Amendment, and that would be when they got their right to vote. Okay. Um, So for a couple hundred years before then, not only in America, but in other developed nations, women did the same thing where they wanted their rights. So it was a worldwide phenomenon, uh, so to speak. But at that time, um, for the most part, none of it was like a big global effort piled together. 
it was, you know, England was doing it, France was doing it, the U.S. was doing it, and other countries doing it on their own um, with no support for one another. Now, before we jump into the discussion, I'd just like to share some some statistics about gender equality that I found to kind of start the conversation. Uh, the wage gap, one of the big issues that even feminists have today, um, globally, women earn on average 24% less than men for the same work in the United States. The gender pay, pay gap is 18%. So for every dollar a man makes, a woman earns 82 cents. You got something oh, to add to that? My hand. Where's my hand for that? <laughs> Where's my hand? You I want some, my hand. You got something to add to that? Oh, I'm going to just demolish that. Okay, okay. What that, what that doesn't say is that accounts for a yearly salary in the same job, but that does not account for that in a high percentage, men work longer hours than women do in the same position. So men are going to make more money because they work longer hours. Women typically still do a lot more of the family stuff with the kids. So typically in a lot of positions, they work less hours because they're still still doing kid work. So, they the, don't look at the hours work. They look at the total wage at the end of the year and give you that number. Okay. So if a man's working all weekend earning overtime, it's obviously going to add up. Right. In, in, and that, in that. Okay, that makes sense. The reality is... Since the 1970s and since the equal uh, employment opportunity and um, shit, affirmative action, women's wages have went up dramatically, um, rose faster than men's. Um, and if you look at it, at, we'll go like the legal, like a lawyer, because female lawyers generally work as much as male lawyers. Yeah. They make more money than men do. Oh, really? No, they do. I'm not going to say that it's a highly female-dominated um, job, but they make a lot more money in that. Um, but there are still some that don't make as much. The um, thing I found interesting about about that conversation always is that I've always felt, at the risk of sounding sexist, I've always felt that while there are some fields of work that favor men, there's also fields of work that favor women. Uh, most notably, positions that require a softer, calmer touch, uh, a more softer appearance you know like you'll see I, I i feel like i see more women as bank tellers nurses you know the calmer softer workforces right. that society faces high-end high-end clerks yeah high-end secretaries that are making six figures mm -hmm. you're not really going to see a man doing that kind of job and the same token you're not going to see a lot of women out digging ditches and using shovels. Yeah. Um, is it impossible? It is not. I have seen it. Um, but that's one in a million. Um, it's a rare occasion that you see a female out there digging ditches. Yeah. Um, in the field I'm in, in manufacturing, there are actually quite a few women that work there. Um, and it's really weird when you see a female taking a weld helmet off and like, holy, you're a welder? Like, cool. I mean, you wouldn't expect it. I haven't worked in factories in probably 15 years, but even back in the early 2000s working in factories, it, it was pretty diverse 
uh, sexually. There was a lot of women working. I, even foundries I've worked in, there was women working there. Um, there are, but you, you just you probably walked in and like, holy crap! You look around like there's chicks here. Like this is this is weird. <laughs> I didn't expect it. All right, the next the next statistic I have is political participation. Women are underrepresented in positions of political power around the world. As of 2023, women held just 26% of parliamentary seats globally. In the United States, women hold 27% of the seat in seats in the House of Representatives and 24% in the Senate. Sarah says she'll dig ditches. Yeah, she will. She she'll fucking she's got bigger balls than most men I know. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> um, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, politics is an in-your-face sport, so to speak. It, it, it takes is. a it, lot of balls to get into it, and women just aren't as confrontational as men are. I agree. It's it's nothing to undermine them, but it is. It's a very egotistical position. You have to have, yeah. You have to be willing to lie, claw, trash, and everything. And the motherly instincts of a woman doesn't usually cater to that kind of uh, characteristics. Oh, and then when you're in that position as a woman, and you get bashed. Yeah, I mean, people come for you real hard, and I'm sorry, but women are nasty to women. Oh yeah, oh, they yeah. are terrible to another woman. Another one is education. Women are outpacing men in educational attainment. In the United States, women hold 57% of all bachelor's degrees, 68% of all master's degrees, and 52% of all doctoral degrees. Uh, yeah, they're, they're killing it. Right. So that's one of the positives of the feminist movement. You just highlighted it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into some of that. I'm, I'm going to try to breeze through a lot of kind of the stages of where we're at. Um, and I'm not going to be totally negative. That kind of goes with what we were talking about before though, where women are more inclined to take those more professional, softer roles in the workforce instead of the dirtier, you know, uh, health women. This is a known fact. Women have a longer life expectancy than men because men are fucking stupid. Um, the average <laughs> life expectancy for a woman is eighty-one years, while the average life expectancy for a man is seventy-six years. That's because they drive us nuts. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, that's because men like to say, "Hold my beer. Let me go fucking fight this bear or some shit." Uh, yeah. Here's a knife. Go make me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, women experience domestic violence more than men. We've talked many about that. Uh, economics, women make up 48% of the global workforce, which is pretty close to freaking even. Um, yep. They're also the more likely to be employed, but there, it says that statistically they're more likely to be employed in part-time or low-paying jobs. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the, the motherly part. A lot of it is, uh, you know, they're still working in between their kids. Uh, health, women are more likely to die during childbirth than men in developing. I don't even know how the fuck that makes any sense. Uh, you were going to say more likely to die in childbirth <laughs> it, it specifically says women are more li- likely to die from childbirth than men in developing countries. Clearly. Show me one man that's dying from childbirth. I'm starting to I'm starting to second guess the, the, this, these websites I got yeah. these resources from. Um, you get back at CNN again or what? <clears throat> 
Uh, in, in third world countries, they're more likely to develop chronic diseases such as heart disease and cancer. Um, cancer does seem to ravage women more than men. Uh, yeah. I think because there's more... What What's the man... I mean, besides the mutual ones, men can get prostate cancer, women can get uterus cancer, breast cancer. Testicular. I guess, man, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it's pretty even, but women do seem more prone to it. <clears throat> and that's about all I have, so we can go where you want to go now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in our uh, description, I laid out that there have been three waves of feminism. Uh, if you go look it up, it says there's actually been four, and we're in the fourth wave right now. I discount that wave, um, and I'll get into why I discount that wave, and I'm sure by the end everyone else will discount that wave as well, and we'll be stuck with the three waves. Now, one of the waves I know was in the 70s or 80s where they were all the burning. Wave. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, was, okay. Yeah, so the first wave was hundreds of years. Okay. Um. Okay. Like I was saying earlier, kind of pop up feminists here, there, here, there for a couple hundred years until like the mid 1800s. Um, so in and around the Civil War time, they started to organize labor parties, um, as they called them. And it was groups of women vying to get into political power, uh, be property owners, vote, because um, at that time, their men were their voices. So if um a woman was a property owner it wasn't really her property it was in her brother's name or husband's name so on and so forth um in certain countries when a husband had died the wife would be put to death um so some terrible things were going on for quite some period of time that's when they started to organize and fight hmm. um and other countries in Europe, uh, the feminists near the end of the 1800s uh, became radical and violent. They were bombing and murdering people to get their rights. And eventually they gave in through the violence, kind of like the Black Panthers were supposed to be doing here. Hmm. Their voices weren't heard, they got violent, and then they felt their voices were heard after. Um, so in the late 1800s, early 1900s, the American feminists thought they were going to go about this the same way. Um, and these were the movements for women's suffrage um, that we all learned about in school. Don't need to get into big details about that. Um, but the big detail is that it was all white women. Um, all middle to upper class white women. Well, we, we have to remember that a lot of times um, when the women were fighting for these e e equalities... Um, Colored people didn't have rights the same, didn't have rights even worse so. So, yeah, it, it was right. all white women. It was all white women. They ignored the poor women and essentially pushed them away. They ignored the colored women, all colored women. They essentially weren't allowed to join their movement. And they ignored immigrants. They did not like immigrants. They stayed away from the slums where the immigrants lived. Um, it would not let them participate. <laughs> I'm not repeating that, Sarah. <laughs> we can't say that <laughs> YouTube will block us alright so that is a big negative that they did not include these other groups of women that essentially it's the rich white soccer moms that went on and made this movement and ignored everybody else Yeah, but 
it made good good progress because they got their voting. Um, they were viewed at as equals on paper, not saying that it actually happened. They were allowed to work, allowed to, you know, be regular people. Um, and essentially after that, the movement died. Um, the minute women's suffrage passed, there was nothing for feminists to fight for anymore. Um, back to ignoring the immigrants and the color people. Wait, wait, wait. You mean they didn't make everybody have flags on their windows and have yearly parades and just keep throwing feminism down your throat after they achieved what they want? What? That's nope. not what they do? Oh, wait, nope, that's only the LBGT time. community. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yes, they did not do that. The movement was dead because they got what they wanted. Hmm. But now over the next period of time, so that was in 1920, the next 30 or 40 years, it started to bubble up again because women got jobs. Women weren't getting paid equally. They were being victims of sexual abuse, sexual violence, um, sexism at work, so on and so forth. Everything that we kind of hear little blurbs about that are allegedly gigantic problems today are not really big problems today. Yeah. Um, like, but they were in the 50s and 60s. The thing that's weird, though, is they talk about statistics of women being, you know, violence against women and women being murdered more. But especially in those days, who were the prostitutes? And was it guys on the corner? And prostitute ran rampant worldwide. Uh, prostitution is the world's oldest occupation. And, and what you're not going to find is a large number of men doing the job. Yeah, and um, there and, are. And if you think back to those days, a lot of the women that were—I mean, not to dismiss normal, you know, women that stayed at home with their family because there was a lot of violence and stuff—but a lot of the women that were being abused and murdered were women of the night. Correct. Um, there's no labor union for that. Yeah. I mean. Um, back in the 50s and 60s, they didn't even really track rape and violence against women. Mm -hmm. So this was part of their movement is getting attention drawn to the violence against women, the unequal rights in the workplace, which eventually launched uh, feminism wave number two. Um, and this is during the 60s and 70s. That's, uh, that's you know, a lot of people, our generation are a little bit older, remember all the protests, the uh, bra burning, right? All that, all that stuff uh, that was going that on. Was, that was, yeah, when we were really young. Because yeah, yeah. it died out again during our time. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, the free love movement, you know, yep. Woodstock women. Um, Everybody's this is got where, herpes. Yep. Yeah, where they didn't care. Um, this is the free love. Like, we're going to, you know, my body, my choice type stuff started back then with this wave. Free For, love. Forrest Gump saved the world. Um, whatever they wanted to do, but now they had to document, make the workplaces safe, and document the rape and the violence against them. Um, again, they got what they wanted. But the negative aspects of this now are, um, again, they ignored black women. They ignored poor women, would not let them in their movement with them. Again, it was wealthier white women um, that did it. They're the ones that benefited. The poor women did not. Um, the other negatives of that is that's when we started seeing the breakdown of our families. Mm -hmm. um, at that time in the 60s and early 70s, black families had the highest rate of marriage and family households 
there were in our country um, by percentage. Um, white people were a close second. Um, now, when this all moves forward and the negative aspects, now black people have about the least uh, family unit percentage in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, white people, essentially, we dropped quite a bit, um, but we're still near the top. Um, so we lost family units. Um, women now were free to do whatever they want. This is when we started making, you know, the slut-shaming stuff, and, you know, women were easy, blah, blah, blah. Um, prostitution picked up. Uh, a lot of negatives came from this second wave of feminism, and therefore there were marches against feminism. Well, let me describe some... Uh, I have I have five things here that were positive uh, things that happened during that wave of feminism. <clears throat> um, education. In 1960, only 37% of women in the United States had a high school diploma. Today, 87% have a high school diploma or more. Uh, in 1960, only 36% of women were in the labor force. Today, 57% of women are in the labor force. Um in 1960, there were only 10 women in the entire United States Congress. Uh, today, there's 120. Um, the, in 1960, women earned 60 cents for every dollar earned by men. Today, 82 cents. And in 1960, oh, I won't talk about abortion because that went forward and then kind of backwards. So, Yeah, there was essentially illegal in 1960. Yeah. Illegal, um, then, then it, it made legal, and now it's kind of now it's kind of hit or miss depending on where you live. Yeah, correct. Um, plus, at this time in other countries, um, women were very free. Yeah. Um, especially in the Middle East. In the Middle East, they were not enforced into burqas. Um, they essentially looked like women of the seventies over here. They dressed nice. The colleges were full of women in the Middle East. Um, I didn't know that. So while America and Europe and stuff, while we kind of evolved, they went backwards in the Middle East and yes. stuff. Wow. There was uh, an Arab Spring over there, um, oh. as they call it. And that's when Muslims took over. Um, I, when, I don't know if they're radical Muslims, but the Muslims that say cover your face. Yeah. They took women out of schools. They did a whole lot of things to women over there. And the feminists did nothing. The shit that happens to those women are crazy. You're not allowed to leave the house without having a male escort. If your husband dies, you're expected to do nothing or die with him. The the no skin. You can't even show like you can't wear shorts. Like no skin is crazy. In the desert where it's 100 degrees. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, This was not how it was in the 70s. The feminists were over there at that point in time and freed them essentially. Um. And part of where feminists, where you at, is Middle Eastern women have essentially been destroyed in the last 50 years. From being well-educated, free to do a lot of things, to now not being able to leave their house like you just described. Yeah. So feminists backed away from another minority group and where are they at? So along with that free love and abortion and women's uh, do what you want and, you know, kill your baby stuff again, they got all of that by the mid-70s and things collectively started going in the direction, again, right for women, 
for what they wanted. Feminist movement died again. <coughs> Until the early 90s. <clears throat> and again, they came back. And again, it was a push for more rights at work to stop sexual harassment. But then they wanted to start pushing for lesbians, transgenders, and things like that. And the movement is not nearly as popular as it was. And it really had no goal, no aims that were achievable that made any sense after they had already done all these things in the past. So essentially, it was a movement that wasn't needed, kind of like when GLAD won gay marriage. Uh, with When Obama was president, he signed you know, the gay marriage bill. That was all GLAD wanted at that time, for gay marriage to be legal. And then, so I, have, I have a question for you. I know we've talked about abortion in great lengths in the past. I understand why women fought for the reproductive rights because back in the day when they had no say in, in the marriage or anything, there was no there was no real such thing as contraception. If if your husband wanted to have kids, even if it was medically ill advised uh, for you, you had no controlling it he could get you pregnant and that was your role you were to make babies so i understand why they fought for that when they were doing the rights though were they actually were they actively fighting for the right to initially before the, any of this happened because i know back alley abortions were a thing were they actively fighting for the right to terminate the pregnancies or were they fighting for contraception rights I think it was a mix of both. Okay. Because the way we look at things now is when you see a protest, we look at it as a political side. Yeah, unfortunately, Nine yeah. times out of ten, it is a political side doing these marches. The women's marches in the last five years are not conservative women. They're not. Yeah. Maybe the abortion or, you know, my body, my choice marches might have some conservative women there, but... And it's predominantly a liberal movement now. Feminism was kind of a mix of all of that. It was all all us women together to do this. Do you think what you said it's not it's not so politically well, it is political, but it used to not be. Do you think the reason it's so political is because a lot of it has to do with religious beliefs? Abortion, for example, a lot of conservative conservatives are, are very religious, and that's something religion is very much against. Do you think if that wasn't a religious view, it would maybe be more bipartisan? Um, not that not that specifically, but just general things like that. Using that as an example, a lot of these beliefs are a lot of the old school religious beliefs are your wife stays at home and is is you know. Is the right. stay at home baby? A lot of that, our loss of that religious spark. Um, this country was founded on Christian values, yeah. Christ, Judeo Christian values. There's no question, it's in the Constitution. And we've lost a lot of that. So, do you think if, so, if those weren't a lot of that stuff, if that didn't have religious undertones, do you think maybe it would be more less political? It's possible. I mean, you've got to look at it from a moral standpoint. Also, I mean, there's not 
just religious people that are against abortion. No, I, I was just and using that as so an example, but you know, women working, you know, like like I said, a lot of a lot of that were old school religious beliefs. The woman's place was right. at home. Right. And it's quite possible that that religion has was intertwined with all of that for quite some time. Hmm. I think as of today, the politics of it, it's I'm gonna kill my baby up to the minute of birth, or you're not gonna kill the baby at all. And people are taking a hard line on that, and it's not necessarily religion, it's just hardlining each other mm-hmm. politically, where some of them are religious, and even but some of the religious people look at it as, you know, this is God's creation, but like a victim of rape or incest, or the mother's going to die, they're like, well, God wouldn't want that to happen. So there is a little understanding there with the religious people. Um, well, to be fair, there there may be some, but that goes both ways. I see a lot more people hard headed because of, because of their religious beliefs, where they're like, I I've, I've heard the, the same example you gave. I'd heard people say, "Well, God won't God won't give you what you can't handle," as meaning right. even if it almost kills you, you can suffer. That you know that's not necessarily a good. A good stance. No, that's either. not a good a good stance. Um, and unfortunately, there are very there are extreme people there. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Um, and, and obviously, had to play some role into it. Uh, the gravity of that role. I mean, let's just say there was no religious people. Do you think that abortion beyond demand everywhere in this country? Kill your baby when you want. Well, to be fair, to be fair, it's it's not it's not it's not. You can't kill your baby the day you're supposed to deliver it, the day you're due. Um, I don't want to get too far detoured because I don't want to fuck up your your whole conversation. <laughs> I just miss. It makes me think of if if religion and this isn't just you know if Christianity or anything. If no religious, if there was no religion undertones in anything, and people actually could think more clearly without being like. Oh, this is just you know something from a Bible, so I have to be against it. Or this is something my party opposes, so I have to be against it. If people could think more freely, I feel like we'd accomplish a lot more as a as a country. Or we'd go totally back ass words and be horrible people because uh, there'd be no value. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, that, that could happen too. Our laws are based on religious laws. I mean, if you look at the Bible and compare it to our laws. You'll find out in there that 90% of what's on our books um, that is morally acceptable came from the Bible. Um, but back to the ladies. Yeah, back to the ladies. So <laughs> you just got done explaining the second wave of uh, feminism protests. So now we're getting into the third wave. Um, and this is where our generation is. I mean, we're essentially in the third wave. Um, this is a wave of feminism that doesn't even know what the hell they want. Uh, the feminists fight each other. They don't speak up to actually protect women. They're doing nothing right now. So we're technically in the third wave. Uh, they say we're in the fourth wave. The fourth wave? But I can't really, I can't really give credence to that fourth wave myself. Um, from what I'm reading, they considered the fourth wave of feminism, uh, around the time Trump was elected. The movement against him by women. Um, if you I, look I it up, you'll... 
Yeah, the third wave, uh, Google's definition according to History Channel is the third wave was in the 1990s and focused on tackling problems that still existed like sexual harassment in the workplace and the shortage of women in positions of power. I do, now that I read that, I do... I do remember a big push in the 90s of sexual harassment in the workplace. All of a sudden, every company was coming with these new rules and training and really cracking down on So I do remember it, but that was obviously just for... It it, it worked. It it made some advancements uh, that apparently, according to History Channel, that was really their their main focus. Right. That's what they went for then, and that's essentially all they went for. But then you had other people, uh, Madonna, you know, the live free, screw everyone and everything you want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a big figure of that part of the, the feminist movement at that time. Um, the women going and exposing themselves, you know, whatever they want, bikinis and swimsuits and, you know, barely covering anything and going out on TV. Um, liberating themselves from the shackles of men. Peg the patriarchy type stuff. Um, that's essentially what the, this 90s movement started. Um, so this is where you get the the man-haters. Um, the lesbians uh, started coming out in full force at this time. They, women started shaving their heads more often. And that's yeah. where we, you know, we really just saw a change in the women that we were used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all was sparked in, during this third wave of feminism. Uh, and again, this is, none of that stuff is positive to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, if a woman wants to shave her head, fine, but y- you really don't look like a woman now. I'm sorry. Most of them don't. Okay. You want to do that? That's your choice. That was that same, that was that same period where you started seeing women, women say, Oh, I shouldn't be forced to wear dresses in the workplace or skirts. I want to be allowed to wear pantsuits and stuff. Right. They change their attire from that homely outfits, the outfits they were wearing. Um, you know, women that were at home got rid of the dresses and the aprons that they used to wear. I mean, I don't know if your mom was ever a homemaker or grandma was ever a homemaker. My grandma was. My mom was a cocaine user. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing she knew how to cook was was the ones to cover the mirror up. Okay. Um, (laughs) But our grandmas probably, you know, wore the dresses and the aprons around the house. My fucking Uh grandma, bro, walked around naked all the fucking time. (laughs) I hated it. I hated it because... We uh, we always lived in a duplex, and she always lived upstairs from us. Okay. And we never we were always short on stuff. Like we'd be like, we're out of toilet paper. Go ask grandma for a roll of toilet paper. I'm like, I don't want to fucking go upstairs because she's deaf. She can't hear us pounding on the door. And then we walk in and we see her naked and we scare the shit out of her. <laughs> Man, it was oh. <laughs> I loved my grandma, rest her soul, but oh man, she she refused to wear clothes. Out of all the things you've complained about over the <laughs> few years, that has not been one of them. Blame that on the feminist. She must have been a child of the 60s. <laughs> um, essentially, since this third wave or fourth wave started, there has really been nothing good that has came out of feminism. 
So I have the, while I have the History Channel pulled up here, I'll, I'll explain what they describe the fourth waving wave as, which goes with why you're kind of saying um, through fourth wave, the though the fourth wave feminism is relatively relatively difficult to define. Uh, a lot of people argue it's just simply a continuation of the third wave. The emergings happen in the 2000s with the Me Too movement, which is pretty much the a continuation of of phase three. You're you're talking about uh, sexual harassment in the workplace, which is what the Me Too movement was about. But look at what happened. They hit one target. Essentially, they try to get. Uh, Trump with that, but they got Harvey Weinstein, and then they realized it started hurting the wrong people, and Me Too is dead. Yeah, it was they started accusing the wrong people. You heard about it everywhere for maybe six months. They were they were pulling it on everybody. Um, yeah, Louis C.K. and stuff. I mean, granted, some of these people. Oh, that's right. They went after him too. I mean, granted, some of them deserved it. Weinstein, Louis C.K. You know, they did some fucked up shit. But you heard about it constantly for about six months, and then it disappeared. Oh, and here's the better part. So I was going over. Uh, I went with Madonna. Um, but you've seen superstars like Cher and Kathy Griffin, um, you know, with their pink hats on. Mm. And another feminist icon was Oprah. Okay. So Oprah worked. And you know where I'm going with this yet? How the fuck... <laughs> I'm I'm already confused. I've never heard her reference as a feminist icon. Was it just because she supported it? Because she sure didn't represent it at all. She was she, a hardworking, one of the richest black women ever in history. Like well, she, that's, she embodies the opposite of anything <laughs> they uh, fought for. Of being feminine. No, they fought for being able to work and make money and well, have power. I'm sorry, she, but she represent. She did everything that. Like what she was her complaint? Accomplished everything. Yeah, what was her complaint? She was just an icon because she accomplished everything these women wanted. Well, if she can do it, and if, uh, she if, gave, uh, back, gave back to other women, and so on, and she was a you know a role model for some of them. If a chunky black woman from I think she was from uh, Illinois, Baltimore, Baltimore can do it. I mean, anybody could do it. That, that exactly. should be the point. But here, here's the better part. So when I get into how these feminists are destroying things instead of building them. Oprah was a big proponent for Harvey Weinstein. Really? She brought tons of girls to him to get them roles in movies. And she's had specials with this uh, pervert pedo priest uh, from another country, Jim something, that narrows it down to like one in three priests. I can't. You could look it up and find out who this pervert pedo guy is. Like um, I said, pervert pedo priest. That narrows it down to like one in three. Yeah, he he, he is in another country and is a child rapist. No, be honest, pedo. be honest, because I never heard this. Is this conspiracy thought, uh, oh, no, Justin, or or has he actually introduced? Did she actually introduce women to Weinstein? She, oh, she did. Okay. Oh, yes, she did. There's plenty of pictures of Oprah. Weinstein was a buddy of hers. Okay. Um, but, yes, there's another. I'm going to get his. Uh, the question is, though, I mean, logically, I'm going to say she didn't. 
but there's also that chance she did. The question is, is does she actually know prior to these women coming out that he used his influence and power to pressure these women for sexual <laughs> favors? These people have been out in the open for decades. If you're in Hollywood, you know who the perverts are. Oprah is one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. She definitely knows who the perverts are. Maybe 10 years ago I would have disagreed with you, but just hearing the horrible shit that... um, What's that dude that killed him or was found dead in a cell that had his own private island? Yeah, wasn't his wife or whatever just convicted of... Girlfriend. Groom, grooming women for him and shit, like disgusting shit. Yes, his girlfriend was. And they are friends with Oprah. Oh, okay. Um, they're friends with a lot of very powerful people. Um, yeah, if I could find out who this... He's got a really weird name. Um, but I just read into this. I just can't remember his damn name. Uh, what is his name? Well, John of God. That's it. John of God. You're a piece of shit just having a name like that. Yes. Um, 200 women have accused him of abusing and raping them and sexually assaulting them. Was he like one of these super church priests? No, he was like a guy out in the woods like Jim Jones. Oh, yeah. Okay. He had a little encampment in the middle of Brazil where he brought these girls and... Um, did what he did. Oprah went down there and filmed him, hung out with him, piped him up. Um, so there's your feminist icon leading girls to pedophiles. Um, that destroys them, obviously. And that takes credence away from your whole movement. Um, but the biggest thing right now is... The feminists are absolutely silent on the transgenders that are going into women's sports, taking their positions in competitions, um, such as Miss USA or Miss Netherlands, um, both of which have been won by a man now. These NCAA tournaments being women's tournaments that are being won by men. The feminists have shut their mouth and not said a word. I've heard a lot of women in support of these <coughs> th- these transgenders being in sports <clears throat> i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say they were feminists feminist win, women it's funny because i've heard a lot more men against this than women and you would think it would be a big woman issue you have somebody genetically not. born gen, most of the time goes through puberty as a genetic man gigs the increased testosterone muscle mass and everything else and then joins these sports to beat women in some sh- in some ways like the UFC or not UFC but MMA brutally physically beat them to a bloody pulp yep. and women are supporting them or men are like what the fuck like why are you guys cool with this exactly so where are the feminists this is one thing they should not want to have happen I agree with you um so they've done good things Sarah so I'm says not that's take not that fair. Away. Most men are stronger than women. No strength should be in women's sports. I agree. I've seen some MMA f- uh, fights where the woman, quote unquote, that was born a man, looks like a fucking dude. 
big broad shoulders oh, yeah. just ripped as hell and then the fight is over in one minute and the the born woman is laying there a bloody mess it's, right it's just uh, it makes me sick how it's allowed to be honest right and then you get women that want to join into football <clears throat> yeah like why why would you do that these men are twice your size probably 10 times stronger than you stay the hell away from them i am all for equal rights but there is a fundamental scientific real thing called testosterone and estrogen and anybody that has just simply 10 minutes to look into the differences of them will understand that when it comes to physical sports men and women are not on the same playing field it's not a fair it's not fair right it's not it just doesn't equal um and even now there are trans men pledging into women's uh, fraternities at college or sororities Jesus in college. Christ. Um, they're getting in. The girls in the, the sorority are trying to keep them out and they are threatened with expulsion from school if they say anything about them. What happens when it's just a horned up 20 year old kid that's like, oh, I'm going to pretend so I can get into this building with 20 fucking hot college chicks. He's allowed right in because they can't question it. Oh, Jesus the Feminists Christ. don't stand up for this, and they're the ones that should be standing up for this. This goes right with the bathroom thing. Like, yes. how do you stop realism from, from fake perverts? There's no way to distinguish it. That's Just the keep problem. it permanently separate. And that's the problem I had, so I don't care... If you want to join a woman's fraternity or 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 something, you better have a vagina. If you're a born right. man, fine. You're not you're not fighting them. You need a vagina. Right. And apparently the the guy I'm speaking of that's in college, uh let's see, let me find out. Uh he sits around naked at the woman's sorority. With a chubby, um, and claims that he's transgender, um, and it, he has sued people. The women that live there are in fear. The guy is six foot two, two hundred and sixty pounds, um, and he's from Wyoming. Where is his name? Because what happens? What what what's stopping? the 40-year-old pedophile from throwing on a fucking dress and being like, oh, I'm 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 transgender, so I'm going to the women's bathroom. Sarah says men and women's bathrooms better stay s- separate. My only... I've, I've talked about this in the past. I 100% agree. The only way a bathroom should ever allow both sexes, and if a store wants to do this, if a store says we're going to allow both sexes in a bathroom... Get rid of your open bathrooms and just install a couple family bathrooms. Like, you go into Myers or Walmart, and they'll have a men's, women's, and a family bathroom with one one toilet. So if you take your kid in there or something, just have a few of those then. Then then they can go in what, their right. own private bathroom, whatever they want. <laughs> and they even do that at our Hartford Rec Center. There is a family ba- changing room, like, to go into the pool area. Well, I put the name out there. Artemis Langford. That is the the gigantic dude that's in the women's sorority. 
I tell you right um, now, uh, as a 42-year-old man, I don't have no biological kids, but I have some kids that I love dearly that are female. If a fucking guy ever walks into the bathroom with them, I'm laying them the fuck out. And I know a guy in chat right now is talking that would be right there with me doing it. Uh, you don't even need to look that far. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole gang of us. I'll go and stop that. Um, but the feminists are silent on this. In fact, they're attacking the people that speak out. Uh, there's uh, this girl uh, who was the swimmer that went against William Thomas, who is the transgender man. Her name is Riley Gaines. She spoke out against uh, William Thomas swimming with them and taking their awards, and they went to attack her. The trans community, along with some women, went after and tried to attack her for speaking out against it. You know where the feminists were? They're too scared. Nowhere. They're too scared. I, I, I honestly think that's why we're not seeing feminists or the LGBT community speak up against this specific situation, even if they disagree, because they think it'll bring bad press to their movement. But it won't. So here, here's the thing is I don't agree with either movement. There's nothing the wrong with having that... boundaries in your movement. <clears throat> Correct. Um, and I know at one point in time, like, Glad wanted nothing to do with trans and pedophiles. I, I remember that, yep. Uh, nothing to do with them. Glad got overshadowed, and the whole movement became LGBTQIA+, apostrophe, jalapeno mark, uh, whatever fucking symbol you wanted to throw in there, and you destroyed an entire movement. They had one goal, they met that goal, and now you want to involve all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Feminists essentially did the same thing. They saw a goal, they achieved the goal, they excluded very important people in their movement. But then they just opened the door and said, whoever the hell you are, come on in. And they all destroyed the movement. Um, the Women's March that we've seen in Washington a couple times in the last five or six years, that's a feminist movement. The difference so, between the two is, though, is we're seeing LB, LGBT support a lot of these new additional letters where we're not right. seeing feminism. They're, they're not saying shit in support or against. They're doing nothing. They're yeah. silent. They're hiding. They've disappeared. They got what they wanted. They left. But now another generation of women are being attacked in another way. Okay, and I can't say that a naked man sitting on a couch in a sorority is as bad as a husband beating his wife every night because she cooked the pasta wrong. But that is the problem of our generation now. Well, how wrong Back was it? What's that? How wrong was the pasta? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, run. <laughs> um, but those types of problems switch by generation. I mean, the beatings women used to get got better. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can say a beating gets better. It got less frequent, less violent. Less women have been getting killed in domestic violence because of these movements to, to, to be fair the bottom line is there's no denying that the feminism movements throughout time have helped the women in very positive ways 
but they've hurt them in a lot of ways as well. Um, I mean, when you go out and you see a woman that's barely wearing any clothes, depending on the age, if she's really young, you're like, well, if that was my kid, I'd be pissed. But feminism says that's okay. That That is one part of feminism I completely agree with you on. I always thought was weird. <clears throat> I mean, to be fair... A man never has the right to touch a woman under any circumstances against her will. But I always thought it was weird that a woman would feel I can walk outside and basically nothing at all with my chest hanging out and everything else and then be appalled if a man looks at me or tries touching me. That always seemed right. like a that always seemed like a weird thing to me. It's weird to me. I mean, if you're dressed like that, you're doing it for attention. Yeah. And like it's I said, definitely- it's never okay for a man to do it. But that would be like me walking around a a Crips neighborhood with red and black on. Like you're just asking for trouble when you when you present yeah, yourself in a certain what situation. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the, the, as I've heard it said, the face tattoo sy- syndrome. Hmm. You know, I get this face tattoo. Of course, I got it for a reason, but you can't tell me. You can't look at it. You Shut can't up, say sir. anything. so yeah i mean what what i would say for future generations is if uh you're gonna be claiming to be a feminist do things that empower women the right way okay yes you should vote you should be able to work you should be able to be free you should be able to do anything a man can do Mm-hmm. Within bounds, okay? Um, there's certain things that men are built for that women are not built for. And that's okay. Uh, there's certain things, yeah. There's, there's certain nothing th- wrong with that. Yeah. Women have a smarter brain than men do because um, they stop and think about they shit. They mature earlier, even as at older ages. <laughs> they think more logically than men. They take less risks. There's pros and cons to both sexes. Right, and we can't. We need to draw a fine line between those two sexes. Mm. Um, and I would encourage anyone that knows a feminist, ask what you're doing right now. What are you doing for feminists? What are you doing for women? Do you like to see what's happening to women these days? Do you like that women are working into their 40s? Um, they're not having families. They're not they're able. Real women aren't gear. able to win any awards in the Olympics <laughs> or anything else because men are dominating them. Like, right. And women are becoming more depressed, more suicidal. All these these problems that we thought were getting better for women are starting to come back. And there's no one that they can blame it on but themselves. They push this agenda. So if you go and look at mental P- health facts, which we've done a lot of. P said even well, women are going backwards right now. P said even a man's uh, uh, car insurance is higher than girls because guys take more risks. Where we do more stupid things than women. Yep, and we're idiots. We're idiots. Women are not. That's why I'm asking feminists, where are you at? All right. So as we as we wrap up this discussion today, or come near the end of it, do you have any predictions? What do you think might be? Do you think do you think feminists might end up speaking up at some point? As far as as we see more transgenders start to dominate women in sports, do you think they'll come out with a new cause in in a few years and just kind of always ignore this? What's your prediction for the the near future as far as feminism goes? 
I, I think if they do come back out, it's going to be for some crazy shit. And you think they'll it's just kind of ignore this this whole transgender thing? Yeah, it'll probably be to support them. Um, and they're just destroying women. I mean, as of late, they've done nothing to actually help women. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the movement as it was in first wave and second wave did its job. Okay, now there were negatives that came with both of those movements. But after the second wave was done, it should have been done and over with. Because they accomplished what they needed to. Third wave added more to it, but it should have been a collective group of us saying, hey, women are here and we need to make this a fair place. More fair than it is. It should have been a collective bargain, but it was not. So they needed to come back for a third time. But it needed to end right as you know, the, the sexual harassment policies and stuff like that got changed. Yeah. Um, cause what they've done, you know, me too, if that was really seriously what they wanted to do and didn't have like one specific target, which I'm pretty sure that was about one person they wanted, they didn't get that person. Um, and they destroyed lives. Oh yeah. They uh, went after people that were state. innocent. Yeah. All the innocent people they went for. Um, and th- that's another little bit of the feminist movement is because of the rape culture that people we all are, know people has never want to people never want to disbelieve an accuser, so people are Correct. quick to jump on their side even if they're lying. Many innocent men have went to jail. Many, many innocent men's lives have been destroyed because once you're accused of it. Doesn't matter if you're innocent or not. You are guilty to everybody. Yeah, because the the weeks or months of buildup before you were exonerated outweighs yep. that that moment you were found to be innocent. Correct. And there's people that have served jail and prison terms for decades that never did a crime um, because of this. And that that's another link to feminism. That's kind of it's tit for tat. They needed to get something done. But at the same time, there were consequences, unintended consequences that came along with it. Yep. Um, and they embrace it. Screw it, he's a man. Peg the patriarchy. Well, those fucking women that make false accusations get caught doing it should serve lengthy prison sentences. They should, they, they, the they should serve they the same do. amount of time that the man would have served if he was found guilty. Because they do. They, they ruin lives when they do that. People lose but their jobs. Women they, won't come forward. But, (laughs) Pete, I can't say that on the air. (laughs) Camel power. All right, well, I think think the one thing I want to say is, like I said earlier, it is okay for movements to have boundaries. You can say we support this, but even though this is a woman, we don't support this kind of action. There's nothing wrong with boundaries. Boundaries are healthy when it comes to any form of life, including movements. 100%. Um, So, feminists, speak up. Yeah. I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With with that said, I think that pretty much wraps up today's conversation. Um, Anybody listening, you can find us on unstableduo.com, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google, Apple. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We have a merch store. Um, next week we're doing religion part two, life after death. Is there a heaven or hell? I'm looking forward to that conversation. Um, the week after that, uh, war, yeah. week after that is war on dads. 
And then we are back on December 17th for our mid-season finale, which is just going to be a random discussion about what we plan on doing on our, our few-week break. Um, I'm inviting anybody listening that joins us for our live discussions to ask random questions. It's just going to be random random stupid conversations or questions that wouldn't typically be asked when we have a focused topic for the for the hour. So with that said, I think that wraps up today. How about you, man? That sounds good to me. Um, hello, ladies. Goodbye, ladies. <laughs> uh, and Forrest, uh, call up your local feminist and tell her to get to work. Shit needs to get done. <laughs> All right. I hope everybody has a good week. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next Sunday. Peace out. <laughs>